Welcome to another episode of the Hot Hot Hoops Podcast, Playoff Edition, 3-1 Lead Edition. I'm uh, senior writer Brandon Aperno, joined as always by senior writer Matt Hannafin. Matt, you know, here we are, sitting sitting with a 3-1 lead. Uh, anything is possible. The Heat head to MSG tomorrow and try to close out the series. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Um, I'm. I guess I've conditioned myself over my life, even when Miami's up three one in a series, or whenever they're ha- they have three games in a series. I, I still am a little bit nervous because there's a little like pessimistic side of me that believes, oh, what if a three one comeback actually takes place? Even though that's probably not going to happen. Just history tells us there's a ninety nine percent chance of that not happening. Um, but other than that, man, I'm feeling good coming off or what a day removed of um, Miami's second consecutive win. Uh, and they defended home court. Our guys, Syria and Dan were there. I hope they had a great time. Shout out to them. Um, Miami played well, but it wasn't like the most perfect brand of basketball. Like it was, it got a little bit murky for most of that fourth quarter. Um but the thing is, the the real the biggest takeaway from that game is the Miami beat New York at their own game. Um, New York this entire season and in the first round of the playoffs, they were the most they were one of the most physically imposing teams, especially on the offensive glass. Um, I've mentioned it in previous pods, but they were a top three team in offensive rebounding percentage in the regular season. They completely kicked the hell out of Cleveland who wasn't yep. good, who wasn't a good defensive rebounding team during the regular season. They completely kicked the hell out of Cleveland on the glass. Um, they were getting a lot of extra possessions on such opportunities. They have two of the best offensive rebounders in the league in Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Hardenstein. Um, but the biggest takeaway from that was Miami out rebounded them by nine um, in the fourth quarter and throughout the game. They had seven offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter that led to seven second chance points. The Knicks in total had eight often or had eight rebounds entirely in the fourth quarter. So Miami had as near nearly as many offensive rebounds as the Knicks did total rebounds in that final stretch. Um, what were your um what were your observations on that? Because I've uh, I've seen I mean obviously watching the game and then seeing some of the stuff that people say. I saw some of the adjustments um, and analysis on on you know generally on Twitter because that's that's how we see it uh, post game a lot of the time. But. Uh, a lot of people were saying that the Miami won the rebounding battle because they crashed the free throw line after every three point shot. Is yep. that, does that coincide with what you saw and how do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, no, it was uh, Caleb, Kyle, and even bam. They did a really good job crashing like the free throw line and like in between that area. I mean that I want to say it was, I don't know. I don't remember if it was the third offensive rebound or fourth offensive rebound, but there was a play where like, it's a, it's remarkable what NBA players do, like the instincts that they have. Like, I can't remember who shot it, but it was from above the break. They shoot it. Kyle was at like, like he's near the baseline. He's probably on like the low block, the left low block. He sees it. He spins out of the box out. I think it was from, might've been from Deuce. Or it was one of their guards. He spins out of the box out and reads it to the free throw line before it even hits the rim. Like, it was just those, just those instincts. I mean, and then Caleb crashed from the wings as well to the free throw line. Like Miami was doing a really good job getting those long rebounds. And I mean, not necessarily, they weren't necessarily capitalizing on all of them. I mean, there was a string of, there was, there was a, like a string of, there was a sequence where Miami had like four offensive rebounds and I don't think any of them were makes, 
Um, they were just all threes. Miami's offense was really stagnant during that stretch, but um, nevertheless, Miami was still getting those offensive rebounds. But and I don't want to say they they took the life out of the Knicks or like they broke the Knicks spirit, but it looked like just from that. Well, I mean, sequence, they broke Randall's the Knicks po- spirit. Randall's post game comments uh, kind of fueled that theory based on you know what he said is like I think they might want it more. Or something, you know, I, I don't quote, but I, you know, I'm pretty sure I got that right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and with that, it's like on some level you kind of see it and it's, it's the hustle plays, it's the offensive rebounds. It's uh, that little bit of, oof, you know, like uh, the Knicks played a good game yesterday. They played, you know, they played, I wouldn't say it was elite, but it wasn't bad by any stretch. Miami won the rebounding battle, but there's those little plays um, that I think separate a team um, in general. And, you know, it's Caleb Martin zooming to the glass and slamming down with ferocity. It's, uh, you know, it's a Jimmy block, um, that just, you know, steals the life force out of the Knicks. It's all, it's, uh, it's bam, just, you know, showing up yesterday in a huge way on both ends. Um, you know, that kind of make the difference. And I think, you know, a lot, a lot of that might be what we talked about a couple podcasts ago and, you know, to all our listeners, um, Matt and I apologize. Uh, we couldn't get logistics going to, uh, get one out, um, after, after game, after game three. So we got sold for game four, but, um, it was, uh, Matt had talked about, uh, and he was talking about playoff experience and how the Knicks don't really have that much. Um, and the heat do, they're yep. loaded with it. Um, all of, or not all of these guys, but at least most of them have been to an NBA finals have uh competed for a championship and then often you know with kyle and uh, kevin they've won one and you know they know what it takes to succeed at this level and i know the joke and you know everyone in new york is probably collectively groaning and rolling their eyes when i mention it but i'm gonna mention it anyway it's heat culture um these guys you know uh pat riley and andy ellisberg and they put to usually uh they feel the team that's loaded with veteran talent um every year and in some some you know, in some seasons that makes for you know a very nice regular season. You know, you you finish with a decent to high seed. Last year it was the number one seed, and oftentimes it could be the number three seed, number two seed, number four seed. You know, this year, you know, the Heat looked tired. They didn't have chemistry, and they finished with number eight and barely got out of the play-in. But you know, this was the vision. You know, uh, Matt and I have sat here all year and basically asked, why didn't they make any moves in the offseason? Oh, my goodness. Begs to the basketball gods. Or at you the know, deadline. I, Matt was – I saw him. He was ready to sacrifice the Minnesota Vikings, his favorite <laughs> football team, just to get a string of heat wins. I mean, um, I would sacrifice the Vikings for – in most – in most uh, – <laughs> In most situations, anyways. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but in any case, yeah, they weren't they weren't getting it done, and now they are. And I think like a lot of that just has to go for you know what they talk about in being ready. Because um, as I, I've spoken about it uh, a couple times, but the uh, and we and we we tried to predict the X factor recently. We all wanted it to be Bam, and we settled on Kyle. But the X factor in this series and probably throughout the playoffs, is, in my opinion, is still a combination of Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin. Gabe has had a bit of a rough stretch of late. I thought sure. yesterday when I was doing my rewatch earlier today, um, one of the biggest takeaways that I had, and even this, I mean, you could tell in the beginning of the game yesterday, if you're for those who, who watched it was he set the tone defensively. Um, 
Like, I thought he did a really good job throughout the game. I mean, Jalen Brunson got his. He finished with 32-11 and 11 on 10 of 21 shooting. Like, he was really good. I don't think anyone's going to deny that. But there was a stretch where Gabe did make it more difficult for him, at least just, like, he was slowing him down, bringing the ball. Like, he was full-court pressing him. He was being physical with him. He was making it hard on him. Um, and that's something that we've known about Gabe is that he's he might be a smaller defender. He's 6'2", 6'3", but he's, he has length and he's pesky. And he really set the tone, at least on that front yesterday. He had that one steal where um, I can't remember who rebounded it, but he he picked a pass or he deflected a pass uh, right, off, right off of uh, an inbound. Or not an inbound, it was an outlet. And that led to, I mean, Jimmy had a couple layup attempts and then Bam has a putback slam beginning of the game. And that just completely, like, just not, it doesn't flip the script because it was like the first few minutes of the game, but um, it was just a really like heady and impactful play. Cause at the time Gabe was running back on defense. He turns around, he recognizes the pass is going to be made a few feet from him. He makes, he has those, again, he has those in- instincts um, and makes a big play. Like I thought he was really like, he set the tone defensively. He's been a little bit, he struggled offensively just shooting the ball. Like he was one of seven yesterday, one of five from three. And he's on a little bit of a shorter leash. He only played 22 minutes just because of like what Kyle Lowry's brought off the bench. And I don't think that can be ignored. Kyle's been really good. Um, and I think you want to, you want to talk to Kyle a little bit. And, uh-huh. and, and I'm not, I'm not just making you talk to Kyle because I was the active Kyle Lowry defender this year, but um, I want you to kind of like, you got the numbers in front of you. Uh, can you kind of, for those who haven't been paying attention to the series or maybe just tuning in to listen, can you kind of break down how Kyle's kind of been impacting the series, how he impacted the game last night and just throughout? Well, he had 15, five and four, four, six shooting in 26 minutes. He has done a really good job with Miami. This has been a weird, that's not a weird Spolstra series because he's been really good, but it's, we've seen stuff that he doesn't typically do. Like, in the second round of a play, in the second round of the playoffs, we don't really see Miami pull out all bench lineups, and he's done that in back-to-back games. And Kyle's done a really good job initiating offense and kind of leading those all bench lineups, um, especially with like the two-man game with Cody Seller, or like just it's not him taking turns, but him and Caleb initiating offense together. Like he's been, a, he's done a really good job and he's done a really good job as like a spot up shooter sometimes in late in shot clock situations. Like he's done, I think as good as a job as you could ask for, for a point guard coming off the bench um, at his age, especially with what he's gone through this entire season. Um, he's done a really, again, he's done a really good job in like the pick and roll and organizing and finding his spots out of that. Like he'll sometimes snake it. He'll sometimes throw that pocket pass. He'll sometimes kick it to someone else who then finds an open man or shoots it or whatever the case is. Like he's, he's that, he's that table setter. And with those all bench lineups to win those minutes, I mean, yesterday I think they finished a plus three with Zeller on the floor. They're winning the non bam minutes. You and I and other Heat fans throughout the season, especially in the first half of the season with Redacted, were like, they can't lose. Like, they're getting their you-know-what's kicked in these non-band minutes because of mm-hmm. kind of the personnel they had on the floor, even if Jimmy was on the floor with them. Like, it was bad for a while, and it's been bad for multiple years. They had – a couple stretches a couple seasons ago, again, with Redacted in the second half of the season, and he was really good. 
but you see the play falling off a little bit. And the, the redacted folks is a is a man once known as the mechanic whose name. Yeah, well, I mean, I like I like Dwayne Devin, but he's on. I mean, he's on a conference <laughs> rival, and he wasn't good this year. But like, regardless, he Miami has had a situ, They've had a problem with their backup five for the last several years. For the most part, there's been stints here and there where they've kind of strung it together. They did at the end of the season with Kevin Love. Um, like he was actually pretty good in those minutes. Just like I, gotta, the last I, I have a question like, for you about about Love and Zeller, um, okay. because I know one of the one of the things we talked about all year was lack of chemistry and that kind of thing. You mm-hmm. know, Love has maybe passed his prime in terms of uh, like playing ability at this point, but what he brings is a it's a lot of locker room um, savvy and know how, and he's a great veteran. And you know that's that's you know Spo talks about him as a winner, and I think everyone else does as well. Uh, and you know, the antics on the sideline, a lot of the time are hilarious. And I mean, if you follow, follow him on Instagram, like, uh, he's, if you tell, he's a very, very good teammate. Do you think Zeller and love kind of breathe, or maybe they brought a little breath of fresh air into the locker room to kind of understand like how fun this is? Because I feel like there's a striking difference in the way the team comported themselves, like enjoyment wise after, after Cody and Kevin showed up, you know, it wasn't that little bit of a mix. Cause you had Dwayne Dedman, who's notoriously known as, um, as a prickly pair, uh, the best way I can kind of put it. And then you bring in Kevin love, who's like, you know, big, big teddy bear by all accounts. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like, uh, I feel like that maybe played a role. I mean, I think it did, but I think a part of it's winning cures everything. Yeah, it's like at least during at least during this playoff stretch, we've seen it where like they're having fun on the bench. Looks like they're having fun on the court. They're having fun. It looks like in the locker room and behind the scenes, but they're winning playoff games and they're having this stretch. I mean, what they're seven and two in their nine playoff games so far, not counting the play in. Like this this team, I I just want. I want to throw this out there because I want. I want you to talk about it a little bit. As Heat fans, we're used to a stretch after every um, after every All Star break, where the Heat yeah. generally go on a little bit of a tear. Sometimes it's short, sometimes it's long, but it didn't happen this year. It, it can we say that it's happening now, Matt? You want you want to talk about that a little bit? I mean, I would. It's hard to ignore the results right now. I mean, they're one of the best. They're one of the most efficient offenses left in the playoffs, and really just in general, um, throughout. Either round, obviously, they were the second most efficient offense in the first round. I believe they're around that same mark in the second round as well. Uh, behind Boston, who is like, one of the most, one of the best offenses in the NBA, as we know, with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But like, it's hard to ignore the results from what they're from what they're doing on the court right now. Albeit the efficiency's dipped a little bit uh, over these last few games. I mean, they shot 33% from three yesterday. They shot 22% from three in game three. Like it's, it's regressed a little bit from what they did in game one or not game one. The, the first series when they shot, I think it was like what 45% from deep. Like it's regressed a little bit to the regular season. Meaning that's kind of what we expected, but like they're still finding ways to win games and the chemistry looks like on point defensively with their connectivity. They're switching. I mean, they're, they, they suppose mixing up coverages, they're hedging, they're sometimes dropping with Kevin Love and not hedging as much with them. Like they're doing different things and they're sending two to the ball sometimes. Like 
this is a team that looks really connected on that end right now. And I've been on it. Uh, like I've talked about it on Twitter plenty of times. And I had a tweet earlier today. Like the thing, my thing with this series with the Knicks is like, make them make the tough shots and make them make those jump shots. And the Knicks right now, they shot 35% from 10 feet or more uh, yesterday in game four. They're heading into the series. They're shooting below 30% on jump shots, 10 feet and beyond. Like, this is a for team more, that for has, more has struggled like shooting this. the ball this entire, this entire series, and Miami's really forcing them to make those tough shots, and they're doing at, they're doing so on pretty high volume. They're not letting them get to the lane as much. At least the, no. not before they did in game early in game one when they were getting to the lane pretty frequently, and Spo had to adjust to that. But they look connected on the defensive end, and the chemistry looks as good as it has all season, if I'm being completely honest. No, you're right. And, uh, you know, for those for those listening who don't follow Matt or the Hot Hot Hoops account on Twitter, please do, because, uh, you know, Matt breaks down analysis like this all the time. Um, and he does it with video evidence, like usually pretty up to the minute during the game, too. So, uh, you know, if you can't watch it generally, like you can follow follow along on the Hot Hot Hoops account or on Matt's personal Twitter and you pretty much get a good idea of what's happening in the game. So please do that if you're not doing that. Um, ele- not elephant in the room. This is the best news that I can ask for. Uh now, um, another accolade, another notch in his belt, uh, Bam Adebayo, um, second team all, uh, or second, yeah, second team all defensive, uh, you know, and a fantastic game last night. What did you see from Bam last night that we haven't seen? And is it fair? Cause he tied Dwayne, he tied Dwayne Wade yesterday, uh, in, in, um, in, in a pretty significant stat, um, that kind of speaks, that kind of speaks to the tired narrative that Bam is a bad playoff performer. Um, and I think even Spo talked about it, that Bam is not a bad playoff performer because he impacts winning in so many different ways. But yesterday on the box score, you could see how Bam impacted the game, Matt. So um, throw up the stats and and what did you see from Bam that you liked yesterday? It's especially from the jump, his activity on the, on the glass, especially offensively. Like that was the, the absolute, the biggest thing that jumped out to me. And he was rim running in certain in transition opportunities. Like after uh, I think Jimmy, Jimmy caught the ball, like the low block. I can't remember if it was off a rebound or a pass, but Jimmy finds him for no look feed. Bam's rolling down the lane with just a clear open path. Like, and he was getting to his spots. Like he, he had a, he had a jump hook early in the game. Um, He looked like he was getting to the rim more, with ease. I mean, probably more than you would expect against like a Mitchell Robinson or an Isaiah Hartenstein, but his just activity around the rim, his activity on the offensive glass. Again, I think for me, at least offensively was like the most potent thing. I mean, he had what 16 first half points. He was incredibly active on that. end. I would say throughout most of the game. And this is like the, this is not, the, this is kind of like the performance that Heat fans have wanted from Ben for a while you and I more so are on the perspective of like, okay, he impacts the game in many, many other ways anyways with the screening and his, his rebound, like his boxing out, like his physicality, like he does, and just with this defense on the defensive end, like all that shit also matters and not just what he does in the points category. Like, all of that stuff, all of it, like we saw it last year, like, like a perfect example was, in that Sixers series when Joel Embiid came back, he and PJ made his life hell. And that's not going to show up in the box score, but if you look at the tape and if you watch, especially watch, I think it was games 
three and four. Bam made Joel's life very difficult, albeit an injured Joel who had the orbital fracture, but Bam really impacted that game on that end. And this, this entire season and throughout Bam's career, the offense has been predicated on him on the op, on guards and wings leveraging offense specifically from his screens, whether it's on the dribble handoff or whether it's in a pick and roll or whatever the case is, or on like a pin down or so on and so forth. Like a lot of offense is created just from that. And he's a really good screener for someone of his size. So he impacts the game in multiple ways. Some not showing up on the stat sheet, but I thought, I mean, I think he's been really good on Randall, at least these last couple of games defensively. Um, to answer your question on that end. Randall sounds defeated, right? So he does. I mean, I don't, let me ask you this. Do you, just from what you think, like, do you think the Knicks have enough mental fortitude to win one game, let alone three? Oh, that's, that's a, that's a tough question. Um, like, I don't, man, like, I, I mean, I, again, there's a pessimistic side of me that believes like, I'm always going to be on the side where it's just like, I want to finish the damn job before mm. I celebrate and be happy about a series. That's just how I'm wired in my own brain with my fandom. But like, I know other people are different. I know there's plenty of heat fans out there who are like <laughs> popping bottles, baby. We're heating five, which I'm not mad at. I'm not complaining. I'm like, I'm not going to tell someone how to fan, but like, just do you think the Knicks have enough mental fortitude? Because you're right. They did look after yesterday. It looks like, again, I don't want to say the heat broke the Knicks spirit, but they almost kind of look like they broke the Knicks spirit a little bit, but who knows what will happen in game five at MSG. But what do you think? Yeah. Like, I mean, Bane once said, I wonder what would big break first, your spirit or your body. And for the Knicks, it kind of looks like both at the moment. But then again, look, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, and I watch enough hockey to know that a three-one lead is a it's a, it's a it's a scary scary thing. Well, hockey is a little different than basketball, but I see. of course, of course. But I mean, we've seen it happen in basketball time, you know, rarely, but time and time again. You know, like I uh, only wish uh, only wish we could have bet on uh, on the on the Cavaliers back in uh, back in 2016. But uh, you know, listen. Um, there's one thing that, well, the hockey teams don't have and what, what the heat do have. And that's, that's one Jimmy G buckets, you know? Um, and, uh, it's a league of closers. I think it's a, it's a league of experience and it's a league of closers. And this, like the reason why I'm not, I mean, sure. I'm a superstitious guy like you are. And you watch I'm very superstitious. And, it's bad. So, so like, and we know that anything can happen, but I do trust in Jimmy to get the job done just because he's that type of personality in terms of speaking to the, the next mental fortitude, man, I am not a therapist and I cannot, I cannot tell you how they're feeling or how they're going to react. I do know that there's been good mentorship around there. I mean, Julius Randall was mentored by Kobe Dan Bryant, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, if, if he can, you know, you know, if anyone could kind of get it going, it's him. It's, it's more or less the, when you put you, when a basketball team digs themselves in a hole like this, it's really hard to kind of string together those multiple wins. I'm not saying they can't get a win at home tomorrow, but you're going to, you're going to take a team that has to, but like, you don't think Jimmy wants to put a series away in Madison square garden tomorrow. Yeah. You know, he only got to play one game there. Yeah. Right. So, so, so I, you know, I think he's going to come out with his, you know, a la Casey Bannerman uh, jerseys with his eyes glowing, covered in electricity and uh, and go nuts. But um, 
you know, I'm not saying that the Knicks can't get one win at MSG. I'm just saying that, you know, they're going to get that win at MSG and they're going to come to Miami and it's going to be too hot for them. Uh, you know, as, uh, as uh, Mike Greenberg was saying, you know, they might, uh, Jalen Rose, someone check the weather tomorrow. Someone, you know, someone might, yeah. <laughs> might be a little, a little too humid in, in Miami, uh, you know, <laughs> for, for the Knicks to get it going. But no, I, I imagine, you know, you'll come in, you know, you'll finally, you know, you'll get that. You'll have to fight tooth and nail for that win in MSG and you, you fly back to Miami and you got pep ass blaring from speakers. You got white hot heat everywhere. The fans are all trickling in in the second quarter because traffic is a nuisance. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and and they're screaming at you and Jimmy's just ready to put it home. So, look, I don't think it's I don't think the Knicks are in a good spot. Personally, no, I, think I, mean, I don't possible, think they are either. I, it just I mean, so much pressure, man. Yeah, to counter what I said before about like again me being like just the not the pest like a pessimistic like just there's a part of me that believes that hopes that a three one comeback doesn't happen. I don't believe it will happen. It's because but. we're scared. Well, right, right. But I'm just saying like there's always the part of me that has that worry. Um, but like the counter to all of this is there's nothing that the Knicks have shown me through these four games that says they're better than the Heat right now. Um, and also believe in Spo. Right. Well, I mean, Spo's had a great series. Like, let's just get that out of the way. Spo has had a tremendous series. I don't think Tibbs is a bad coach. Um, I think he's a pretty good coach, but Tibbs's run, or not Tibbs, Spo's run laps, to, laps around him um, this yeah. series. I mean, Spo is the elite of the elite, and Tibbs is like a good, not great coach. And it and it sucks because both teams are beaten up. I mean, we, we've covered the Miami injuries at length. RJ is dealing with an ankle injury. Emmanuel quickly is dealing with an ankle injury. Jalen Brunson's dealing with the ankle injury. A lot of ankle injuries this series. Um, but well, yeah. but I like, mean, on the heat end too, like Jimmy, right. Jimmy's, Jimmy's ankle is not amazing. Bam right. shoulder had discomfort yesterday. Um, right. Tyler hero has a brace on his hand on the sideline and Victor Oladipo can't walk. So I think, uh, right. I think, you know, everyone's banged up at this point. Right. But like, to go to piggyback off that, like there's nothing that the Knicks have shown me through these first four games that have t- that tells me I'm completely I should be completely scared or completely worried. The Knicks Miami's depth has been better. I know through the regular season the Knicks bench was better. The Heat have obviously with Kyle Lowry coming off the bench and Caleb Mart coming off the bench, and then you're getting good minutes from. I mean Cody Zeller struggled a little bit yesterday, but for the most part you're getting decent minutes from him. Um, you're getting decent minutes from Haywood Highsmith. You're getting some great, some shaky. Depends on how how much he's making shots. Minutes from uh, Duncan Robinson. Like you're getting good minutes from them. The Knicks, on the other hand, like Josh Hart went to the bench yesterday. I don't know if that was a response of the quickly injury or whatnot, just to get more production off the bench. Grimes went into the starting lineup, but Josh Hart has had a somewhat of a quiet series. I mean, he's he's had some moments, especially in Game Two. Um, hitting, I think, those couple of shots towards the end of the game. Like, Isaiah has been hit and miss. Obi, they're just leaving him open, and it's just a matter of him, if he can make shots or not. And then, obviously, Deuce McBride, who got really his first run of the series yesterday, and will probably get more in Game 5 because of Quickly's injury. Um, but, like, the Heat's depth has been better. I think they've been more, they've just been the more physical team on the glass defensively. They've been more aggressive attacking the rim, I think. 
they're making at least a higher percentage of their shots doesn't mean either neither team is making a lot of their shots right now. That's I think that's going to get lost in these last couple of games. That's similar shooting splits on similar attempts each of these last two games, whether it's from the three point line. I mean, Miami went 13 of 39 yesterday. That's 33%. The Knicks went nine of 28, which is 32%. It's the same percentages. Miami just got more possessions because of the offensive rebounds. Yeah. The same thing with the field goal percentage. Miami shot. Do you think that's gone? No. Oh, I was going to say, do, do you think that's the separation in the series? Is it, the, is it, like, I know you mentioned it at the beginning of the pod, but um, is rebound, will rebounds dictate what could be the final matchup tomorrow? Do I, no, I think it has at certain points of this series. I mean, I think it, at least these last two games, absolutely, especially game four. Like, I think that's been the biggest separator. I mean, Miami came shots away from winning game two even though they were without Jimmy Butler. I think that was like probably the biggest reason is just their three point <laughs> shot making. They were, it was so potent, but the Knicks also hit 16 of their 43s. And so it's like, there's, there's counters to that. But um, I think, I mean, I've talked about it plenty of times before rebounding wins championships, rebounding wins playoff games. Like that yeah, shit right. matters. And getting those extra possessions when possessions are at a premium, that shit matters. We're not playing the fastest paced game, dude. It's the it's like watching sometimes the nineteen nineties. Like it's just, it's it's slow. It's methodical. Like that's how these two teams operate. And so getting those extra possessions is absolutely a factor. And I think also just the turnovers. Miami forced sixteen turnovers yesterday. The Knicks have forced twelve. Again, that goes back to my point of Miami beating the Knicks at their own game. The Knicks live off of the turnovers. They live off of the rebounds. I think so. When they can't hit shots. Yeah. To to wrap up, Matt, um, I'm going to ask you a question. We can both talk about it really quick. What is what needs to happen for the Heat to close out the series tomorrow? Um. Well, obviously, you would hope for Miami to at least knock down 35 to 40 percent of their threes. I mean. I, I, well, I mean, I'll say defend and rebound. Those are the obvious two like questions. I mean, I'm guessing you're going to get the Knicks' best punch in game five, I think. I mean, I know they had a couple yesterday, but I think at home, desperado mode, like you're going to get the Knicks' best punch, at least I think thus far. Um, and so you're going to have to defend. You're going to have to rebound and box out and be physical on the glass. Like that goes just without saying to me. If I'm being completely honest, you're going to need contributions. Hopefully you get more contributions from Gabe Vincent. Hopefully you get what you've gotten from Max Struess over these last several games. Hopefully you, you can get at least some 15 to 20 good minutes out of Kevin Love. I mean, I know you played 20, what, 23 yesterday. I'm um, looking at yeah, 20, about 23, 24 minutes. Maybe you can get 20 to 25 just good minutes from Kevin Love. He's been really impactful this series, albeit the smaller sample size. Hopefully you can still get production from your bench from like the Kyle Lowry, the Caleb Martin, both of them, again, who have been really good. The Duncan Robinson, if you can come in and hit a few threes and provide that spacing, that fear that he install, installs into defenses. Maybe there's a time where you throw Haywood Highsmith in there like he's gotten over these last few games. He only played six minutes yesterday, but Dan, there's times where he can provide a really impactful stint over a small sample to really kind of help Miami. Like, you're, you're gonna you you want the contributions from everywhere. So like all of that stuff to me goes without saying. But like hopefully you're able to knock down, I don't know, 14, 15, 16 plus threes. And then obviously if you if situation push comes push comes to shove, you want the fu Jimmy. 
And yeah. Miami hasn't got this. That's the thing. Like before we close, that's the thing that Miami hasn't gotten. Had, Miami hasn't had in the series that they have in their back pocket. And that's really an FU Jimmy game. Jimmy had 27 and 10 with six rebounds, a couple steals, a couple blocks yesterday, but it wasn't like I'm taking over. I'm going on a 10 0 run by myself because this team needs it because Miami hasn't needed that in the series. Again, that goes back to my point. The Knicks haven't shown through four games that they are better than the heat. And I think Jimmy somewhat knows that albeit playing on a hobbled ankle. He doesn't need to score 40 points for Miami to win. But like if Miami needs that tomorrow night and if he get and like Jimmy's as we've seen plenty of times before, he's more than capable of going on a, going on a run by himself or, putting together a big rally, put the team on his back when Miami needs him the most, because that's what Jimmy Buckets does. And he did that in the Bucks series. He did that in the Celtics series last year when he was in, in game six and seven. He, just, he did that in the NBA finals against the Lakers and LeBron and Anthony Davis. Like he's done that plenty of times before we all know this, but like Miami hasn't had the FU Jimmy game yet. He played a little bit in game one before he got hurt. He didn't play in game two. He played in game three, but sat out half the fourth quarter because Miami was kicking the you-know-what out of New York, came back, scored a few points in a few minutes, whatever the case was. But they haven't had, like, the, oh, shit, Jimmy's doing this type game yet. Like, they they haven't gotten that yet. And they still have that in their back pocket. And so it's like, if Miami, if they need to tomorrow, they always have that to go to. That seems like a good plan at certain points, right? I think we might see it tomorrow. Um, I think might. For it's Heat, an MSG, man, I, game five. Yeah, I think for the Heat to win, it's one of two things that happens. They come out and they punch the Knicks right in the mouth, and Jimmy G. Buckets gives you that FU game. Or they grind it. They grind it right to the wire, I think and then Jimmy G. Be, Buckets yeah. comes through. Yeah, I have, that's, I have the feeling tomorrow's going to be a very low-scoring, like, it's, it's going to be like a 90, it's going to be like a 99, 97 game. That's yeah. my, that's my prediction. I can see that. I can see that, but you know, we got to wait and see, but you know, he fans, are he fan, he fans are holding their collective uh, breath for, for what we might get tomorrow. So I'll end the pod here. Um, Matt, thankful as always to have you here. You are, you're pretty much my co-host at this point. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we'll be back again. Um, as soon as we, you know, as, as soon as the Heat hopefully pull out a victory tomorrow, and if they don't, we'll, uh, we'll jump on and be sad about it a little bit. But uh, as always, go Heat, and thank you for listening.